2022 is over finally, and we're going to celebrate tonight with the eight black hands, our family, our audience. Welcome to the end of the year celebration show. We are about to kick it live. Get your drinks, get your celebratory outfits, whatever you have going on. We're about to mix it up. I gotta hype it up. Feels like we should be like uh, running into a game or something, you know. And that's the short uh, version. We got a longer version coming. Yeah, there'll be a longer version coming. So mm -hmm. we are changing things here at the eight black hands. A uh, little bit of Branding changes, uh, consistency changes, content changes, lots of stuff has been coming up. But that's not what this show is about tonight. Tonight is about celebrating the year that we're about to end. We each have different faith traditions, our friends, our family group, whatever. So let's use this show just to talk about what the season means to us. Let's be reflective of the year. Let's, of course, keep our youth and uh, education at the center of everything that we're talking about tonight. But let's celebrate a little bit. And first of all, let me just kick it off by saying to my Jewish friends, I believe that it's right about now that your Hanukkah starts. And uh, I wish we had somebody on the show who could teach me a little bit more about it, because every year I feel like it's another situation where I'm like, I'm supposed to know more about what this happens. The only thing I really remember about that faith tradition is I felt like it was unfair that they had multiple nights of gift giving, right? When I was a kid, I had friends and they would get stuff. You know, now there was an explanation for like, yeah, a little bit. It's not like they have big, like we go out of hand, right? For, on one day, we save everything up for one day and get out of hand. Maybe we do that. I'd love to know from y'all. Let's just start it out. What's your season? So we got Hanukkah, we got Kwanzaa, we got Christmas. And Sharif, I'm sad to say, I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what don't you know? What, what I don't, don't know what y'all celebrate. Know. <laughs> I don't know what y'all. Here's what I know. You're confusing <laughs> to me, bro. So help me out. Right now, this is so difficult. <laughs> and here's why, right? You start and you give credence to some your old friends, right? This is your new friend. You rock with him on Fridays. You rock with he's on your board. You're on his board. you all this other stuff. And you don't know what he does during the holidays. But wait, I, but wait. No, 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 I mean, no. I don't know the traditions. I don't know, know the, the traditions. traditions. But yeah. let, let's keep in mind, like, uh, yeah. so Islam calendar is on a lunar calendar. So that means it moves every year. Mm. So it doesn't. So there have been times when, you know, uh, the month of Ramadan coincided with Christmas and Hanukkah and, and that, you know, and Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is not a religious holiday for those who don't know Kwanzaa. But this year it's not. It's, Ramadan comes in March. But a lot of people right now, I can tell you, are preparing for the month of Ramadan, but it's not for a few more months. So, so, so what y'all doing? What, doing? what is yeah, what doing? So like, so people can fast. So, so I've been fasting. Uh, my wife's been fasting. Other people have been, you know, fasting, you know, the nights are longer. So you have more time to like pray, get up and do night prayers, things of that nature. So we're like spiritual. Still like a, you know, I still feel like because it's winter, and the year calendar year changes is still like a time for reflection, rejuvenation, okay, and all that. But, but it's not necessarily tied house. to the religion. Under your neck, bro. Is that is yeah. that a neck tattoo? What's happening? Is that hair? What's going on? Yo, man, I'm woofing out, bro. I'm woofing out. I don't okay. even care. So let's stick with this for a second, though. Mm -hmm. So what y'all gonna do for the rest of this month? 
in your household, in the El Mecki household? What do y'all got going on? The rest of this month? Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, this week we're going to celebrate that the Cowboys lost. We're going to celebrate that for a while. You know what I mean? Shout out to what a win for the Vikings, bro. What a win. Okay, that was crazy, but let's stay on topic here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Randomness. The Vikings, uh, (laughs) they they don't make anybody mad. You know what I mean? They're nice. They're nice. I don't know that. I don't know about that (laughs) this season, but keep going. Yeah. I mean, so that's what we do. We'll hang out with family. Will Kwanzaa is coming up. Yeah, so, so you, you do know, uh, our family consistently, you know, our Mama Fasaha, who you met, uh, one of the founders of Nithamusasa, has and her husband, Baba and Jenzi, have continued the tradition over 50 years now where they've uh, hosted Umoja Night, which is the mm-hmm. first night. So, you know, we'll participate in that. And then a couple other, you know, folks are will be also hosting different night, you know, for Kwanzaa, the seven nights of Kwanzaa. So we'll be doing that. Also, hop, uh, house hop. So, all my Christian friends who actually have food that's good. That's that good. Mean, bro? That's good. I, I house hop. I'm like, hey, I came to help you celebrate. You know what I mean? I, I you know. Okay, no offense, bro. No I offense. But I just want to say so no drinking, no smoking, no gift giving, no trees. Well, Kwanzaa no gives gorging gifts. yourself, no gorging yourself on no. you know everything. Uh, and then lots of fasting and praying. Spiritual cleansing. Lord, I love Jesus. I just, I just. <laughs> we love Jesus too. Just for the record, we love Jesus too. I love wow. Jesus. We just celebrate him differently, you know. <laughs> we do uh, very much so. What about you, Ray? In your household, what's this month gonna look like for you and your? So this month for me, uh, the fam, man, they you know they celebrate Christmas. So everybody will probably go to the grandmas or whatever besides me i'm just i'm a loner during holidays bro like i've lost so many people during the holiday season mm. to, like i just like to just take that time to reflect take it all in think about the year and then also think about the year to come and things that i could do that's going to make change in education change on other people's lives I give you know i give solace to my higher being for everything that i've been grateful enough to receive and then just just try to just see how I can just pass it forward. So, you know, there's all these movies. Like, there used to be one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. God bless Sinbad. I think he's experiencing some health issues now. But this movie, Jingle All the Way, is uh, these dads going on a mad scramble to get this one yeah, toy yeah, for the kid, yeah. right? Yeah, and there's a, a lot of... Movie. What's that? What'd you say? Like a Christmas movie? It's like a Christmas movie, yeah. And they're battling it out because there's this one toy that everybody has to have that season. And, mm-hmm. and they're so out, you know in demand. And if folks are old enough, going way back to like, you can remember shortages of like Cabbage Patch dolls. And since then, it has gotten even worse. Like every... Not last year. I mean, there's, there's what, literally fights. There's yes, been five. fights, you know. Base stores over PlayStation stuff. 5. PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah, well, PlayStation 5. Well, anyways, yes, there are all these. So there are these memes of fathers agonizing over like getting the thing this year. Do either. Well, I imagine one of you doesn't relate to this. Sharif. Okay, this doesn't sound like your. It doesn't even sound like a good Christmas movie. I thought like Die Hard is the best Christmas movie. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I never even heard of this joint that you're talking about. Uh, the Passion of the Christ is a good Christmas movie. But. I mean, if you really want to scare your children, that's the movie that you put on for the <laughs> Okay, thank you, Random Ray. Uh, anyways, 
So, Ray, do you have uh, – is that part of your life right now for this month? Is that anything that you're no, having? You know what I did do that I don't normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not really a, like a, a Christmas Carol vibe kind of dude. But this year, I went and found Motown, went and found, like, all the good Johns and started rocking them early. So, like, right after Thanksgiving, started just rocking Christmas Carol tunes and whatnot, right? It's been a vibe, man. Your house sounds terrible for the kids. Didn't well, you sing last year? Didn't you go out caroling last <laughs> no, year? I Absolutely, I did. Yeah, man. I remember now. You went caroling. That was frightful. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one song that says something, something delightful? This, I was all I could think of was something frightful. That is frightful. Frightful, um, exactly. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I love Christmas music. Been listening to a ton of it. The best one is the boy and, with the deep voice. Sorry, and just to be no. clear. <laughs> So many of the Christmas songs are deeply problematic the more I listen to them. Like they're yeah. playing in my head on a loop. And the more you mm. listen to them, you're like, well, damn, that was not a good song. I don't know what y'all, <laughs> y'all was going through some things when you wrote that Christmas song. Some of them are weird and highly sexualized too. Just, just different stuff. Bro. Christmas songs? Yes. yes, bruh. It's like Yo, crazy. What radio station y'all be listening it's to? It's crazy. No, listen, this old fashioned Christmas songs have some issues. More than oh, one wow. of them have some issues. I see in the comments, we have people, uh, chiming in on some of the ones that are my favorite absolutely nat king cole you know what i have not heard ramsey lewis's christmas album michelle johnson she put that in in the comments there's this one song though it's by charles brown it's from i can't place the decade it would have to be the 40s or the 50s Mm. it's one of the bluesiest christmas songs and it played on loop every christmas when i was growing up in new orleans and when I hear that song now, it tr- it's the one thing that can trigger and transport me mentally back to that time period. And in the spirit of sharing, I didn't have many good Christmases. I had some decent Christmases or good Christmases, which has become a thing where I overcompensate as a father and have done this for years. So if you ask all the way from my oldest down to my youngest uh, what Christmas is like, I am... Bells will be ringing. This is, so is this it? This is this the is one it. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. How'd um, you know that? Um, I don't want to play too much because I'm because I'm from the area, bro. Um, but if you play too much, they'll snatch it. That's not it, though. Actually, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Cool. Play this again. Play this again because it's the same. I have no friends to wish me greeting. Are you sure? Damn, I'll pull it up. I'll find it. But anyways, uh, yeah, Mister from the area. No, 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 no. But he, because this song when he he just transported me back. Even listening, but that ain't it. Yeah, but but anyways, yeah, my (laughs) kids would would tell you that my kids would tell you I am I'm Negro Santa every year. Can you clarify that, right? Because like I think that's important. Well, there's a difference between white Santa and there's black Santa. So okay. edifying. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of difference between black Jesus saying? and white Jesus. Oh well. Right? Okay. No, like, no right. I, I mean <laughs> what do you two very different things? <laughs> right for confirmation. Hell no. Yeah, white let's Jesus and black Santa Jesus are different things. Then, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah tell let's, me. Let's stick to I mean, besides just dressing up differently. Well, black Santa has a different story behind him because you know, nobody got chimneys. Nobody believes a fat white man is coming to the hood to do things, right? Okay. Like so, you had a black Santa, you had even a black mall Santa if you went to the black mall, and you had a different story sometimes. I know when I asked my parents, 
about the traditional story or whatnot, I wasn't allowed to believe in no craziness. <laughs> so, so anyways, that's the difference. That's partially the, the, the difference. Not to dominate, though. Anyways, listen, for this show... So let me ask you this, though, right? Because yes, you have kids and you overcompensate, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure, did you... So, first of all, did you teach your kids the tradition of, of Santa Claus? And if you did, at what age did you... Just say, hey, I'm Santa Claus. So I never did that part. I'm still like, so first you of all. You didn't do what part? You never the, told them? They still. Uh, well, the answer to the answer to the first question is yes. We had the traditional story of Santa Claus. And I did the whole kind of like, you know, making it magical. I mean, literally staying up until four in the morning and doing things magical to make sure that it looked like Santa had been there. and blah, blah, whatever. Right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then having them wake me up two, three hours later and being like this, like with my coffee, you know, as they're opening presents. Oh, my God. Daddy, I got the Barbie. You know, all that type of stuff, you know. And I'm sitting there like hell, like this, like out of it, trying to be a good father. But you asked, when did we give up on it? So I never I really give up. But like, when did you like when did you you kind of be real about it? So when I did they a... find out when did some kid at yes. school tell them? See, is this is that why what you don't mean? send your kids to public school, right? This is why <laughs> this is why you put your kids in Christian school. You put your kids <laughs> I'm, I'm in Christian awesome. school. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you know, put your kids in Christian school so that they don't have you know, not in your house, yeah, because you get the lump of coal because you bad, anyways. So yeah, they figured it out on their own, but they figured it out in stages one by one. So the youngest one. I think this will be the second year that the yet youngest one doesn't really believe, but I haven't acknowledged it yet. So I'm still walking around <laughs> still talking about Santa might not bring you whatever, <laughs> you know, keep messing with me. Santa might not. And they're like, <laughs> my daughter, literally, when I told my daughter last week that Santa is having a backup this year and might not be able to do all that Santa normally does. My daughter said to me, this is my youngest, this is my baby girl, literally said, it sounds like Santa's being lazy. Excuse me, ma'am. What did you say? Well, listen, tonight we're talking about celebrations and we're also talking about the year in review. So I wanted to hear from y'all some of the things that made an impact on your work this year. And I want to hear it from the audience, from the crowd, from, you know, let's celebrate the things that we thought went well for us this year or influenced our work. Your best author, your best book. It could be a best trip that you took. Somebody who added to your thinking on black education lift them up now let's just let's celebrate some people and some folks and put it in the comments folks for you for those of y'all who are listening before we do that i do want to say this uh, i have an announcement to make which is we allowed for our patrons because we love our patrons some of them are going to jump in for a brief minute and tell us the things that they're celebrating for this year so we have a couple of them backstage right now we got mama toya and steven evangelista who is uh they are both waiting backstage and we will bring them in to do a brief kind of you know tell us what they're celebrating this year just yeah, so you know yeah. that so there are benefits to being a patreon the other thing is we have a phone number now and we have a book giveaway for dr kamika royals book this is a christmas giveaway we're going to give away five copies of her book to win the book this is what we set up as the way to win the way to win is to call and leave a voicemail message on the Eight Black Hands official Negro Education Hotline, and leave this is us the real number this time. <laughs> it's a real number, and leave us a message for a show idea, and you will be in the running for one of five books that we are going to give away. Here's the number: the number is nine three one four eight 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 nine eight. We made sure we had a lot of eights in the number because this is the Eight Black Hands. Again, that's nine three one four eight 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 nine eight. Call. 
leave a show idea, and you'll be in the running for one of five copies of Kamika Royal's book. Got that number, <laughs> And baby. somebody Ready is calling already as we are talking right now. Somebody is already. Stop it. Raymond, if that's you calling, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> Try to get that book. <laughs> Just stop it. Look at it. See, see. see. This is this, this is what, ladies and gentlemen, the four black hands. Now let's go on and just talk quickly. Let's start it off. What are y'all celebrating this year? Who are you giving props to? What has changed your work or influenced your work this year? Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in. I, I want to shout out the you know the organizations that support black men educators. You know, uh, whether they're teachers, whether they're leaders, you know, superintendents, whoever, like there's so many out there. And I, I remember back in 2014, I didn't see that many. There were probably a lot of cities that did not have anything formal. And I'm sure you know, as we do in communities, you know, people were still getting together and, and working things out. But it's been a real joy to see across the country, people building community, supporting each other, despite the fact being only 2% of public school teachers. So I just want to shout them out, you know, whether it's Urban Ed Academy, who got 2.5 million from Mackenzie mm -hmm. Scott this uh, past week to support their work with, uh, particularly with Man the Bay. You got Profound Gentleman. You got uh, Bond down in Maryland. He is me up in the Boston area. NYC Men's Teach. You got Mikkel with Harrison Peters, who was our guest last week. There's so many. For you got Bruz Empowered to Teach. You know, it's just you got the block is hot down in KC. There, there's just so many folks who are rallying together, supporting each other. That's a beautiful thing, man. That's a beautiful thing. Love seeing it. you got Hardnet and Rico down in DC. Mm. It's just on and on and on. Like the, uh, you know, so many cities have it. Man up in Memphis. Just shout, shouting them all out, man. All Do out. You want and to I, say this? I didn't even uh, name all of them. You know, it's just so many. This is probably like. You get a line of sight on this because of the work that you do. All mm -hmm. the black men and the black male programs around the country have kind of proliferated around the number of local programs, starting with local people trying to get more black males into the classroom. And it's weird talking to you sometimes because, like, you'll know about well, so, like, I live in Minnesota. You know the one that we have here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live in Philly. Black it's men like, teach. how do you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah black, black men, men teach, teach Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just amazing to see a lot of your work on local scales, like in grassroots, it's a thing. Yeah. It's yeah, a thing I mean, now. That's the way to do it, man. It's, it's beautiful. And, and, you know, back when we were, you know, first thinking about it, you know, it just was not a lot, you know, out there, if, if any, you know, you had, mm -hmm. you had the OG OGs with uh, call me Mr. And then after that, it was, it was uh, very few. Very few. I saw Ray put up Corey's thing. That was Cap. That was all. She should have. Uh, no, she should have no, worn Cap. He didn't do it. He didn't. But, uh, he didn't do it. But but I will say, uh, I, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that uh, that Corey shows in the comments. Uh, she gave Ray a present by saying that his friendship is actually worth something. So thank you for being graceful, Corey. Shows. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. We got to take it where we can. Get the we roses while you're alive. We all appreciate Ray's friendship. So we go. This is what I think we're gonna do. We're gonna bring in Ray. We'll come back to you about some of your celebrations in a minute. But I do want to bring in Mama Toya, who is Mama one Toya. of Mama Toya is one of, if not the, the shining light of uh, Ed Black, our original eight Black Hands family members, like from the beginning, like from way back when. And I was just going over as we were like ending the year. We've been at this for a while now. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's been a while. So to have people who have been with us since the beginning, Mama Toya, Mary, uh, what is it? Hanorama Kwamsmas. Whatever you celebrate right now, <laughs> just marry whatever it is, happy whatever it is. So why don't we start there? What do you celebrate? What are you celebrating about this year? First of all, when you give an invite, right? I have no lipstick on. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Me you either. On camera? I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, really? I was like, what? I'm running around trying to like, well, anyway, it was, I'm just grateful to be here. I mean, when, once you get a, a certain age, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm at that age, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I woke up. I'm still taking care of my family, you know? And the one thing I find myself doing this year is taking over generational stuff. So mm-hmm. big mama lives across the street, but now she can't do the things and she groomed me to do things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got and, and and the fact that like a lot of people have been sick in my family and I'm like a care partner to my brother who's 76, my sister who's 78, my mother's 94. So mm-hmm. the baby now is like the grown up. So I'm just going to try to continue that our family traditions and I'm just going to everybody's going to come, you know. I'm looking for this tree to come any day, you know. I'm going to just have all my grands and everybody here. What's your favorite tradition that y'all do? Well, I like when we do the prayer, right? Mm. <laughs> and I always get my son because, like, he knows it and he speaks well and he's got good prayers. And, you know, sometimes he might go on and then somebody might lift up. And then the person in the back who's always at church is like, oh, my God, we can't eat yet. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, that's fun. That's fun. And then, that's why I'm Lutheran. Yeah, uh, keep going. Like, oh, goodness, no, look, look, I ain't giving it up for anything. Baby black Jesus, you know, <laughs> that was too, you know I, I ain't going to deny him today. Yeah. Just having everybody back together now. It's because of COVID yeah. and everybody yeah. being older. That's, so I'm, I'm just keeping generation going. But the other thing that I want to say I am so proud of from the, this year is it's like three things. It's like one, like organizing the literary society. Now we're a whole ass literary. Oh, sorry, I didn't say that, Sharif. I'm only going to apologize. Uh, listen, on this show, I used to keep hand. a tally, Mama Toy. Yes. I gave that up a couple of years ago. I'm like, ah, what the heck? You know? well, <laughs> so yeah, like, like we have a formal like Freedom Reach Literary Society. We have a marketing plan. I mean, we meet, we organize, but it's the richness that came out of the knowledge that we learned together. You understand mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, and the books mm-hmm. we learn together. And often enough, you know, we meet right before you guys come on. And often enough, like some of the stuff that comes out, we like, we just read about that. Or we just talked about that. Like tonight, check this out. Tonight, we talked about like one of the books that we read over the past year that, you know, most did the most for us and stuff like that. And guess what came up? And it and it came up more than once. And it we read it two years ago. We're going on three years now, you know. But it was the lost education of RST. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody liked that, you know, the uh, fugitive pedagogy, blah, blah, blah. But the lost education of Horace Tate was the history. Mm. Talk about it. What was so good about that book? Oh my God, the way he walked, right? He mm. rolled in the streets. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, you know, he would get up at night, he would go, you know, get in his station wagon, pick up the guy at the funeral home, meet the guy at the farm. Find out what was going on. It's just the way he rolled and how he knew he knew how to navigate his his community. And it was community. And mm-hmm. they were fight. I mean, it was just and everything, it's a blueprint. Okay, guys. If you read yeah. the book, yeah. it's yeah. a blueprint. 
You know what I mean? So that was one. The other thing was immersive acts. Right. Mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. The other thing was Nubia being a part of Dr. Carr's, like his whole network and Professor Hunter mm -hmm. and becoming a Nubian and being on his show and getting a rock with mm -hmm. Dr. Carr. Like Sharif, Sharif, That's you know what I'm sending you stuff, right? Uh, no, we, we were talking and it was, it was like Dr. Carr and I was talking about the history, the history of Philadelphia. We started talking about you, Sharif. We talked about how humble you are. We talked about you. And, and, wait a minute. Hold on. Now, now, let me he is humble. This, this is what I'm about to say. Yeah. Right? We haven't had a conversation. But you uh, took me to the principal's office at BMAC. I did? Yeah, you did. How so? You deserved yeah, that second <laughs> yeah, you did. You grabbed my hand, right? You were mm. so tired of people coming to you saying, this is your vision. And I'm glad you got it off. And, and this was all you. Right. Mm. You grabbed my hand. You took me over to the man through the window. And so you see that man right there. You like, you see that man right there. I'm standing on his shoulders. Ba, 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 ba. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I never, you know, I was like, so sorry. You know, and mm. I put it out there like, yup, Sharif is, and Dr. Carr and I just sat there and talked about like how, you know, who you are, you know, how humble you can be. All right. Well, there's enough of that for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Thank you, Mama Toya. But I agree. Anyways, That's enough. Yes, that. Mama Toya, we appreciate he's gotta, you. If he's a real historian, he's not checking in on me and Chris. Then shh, I don't know. No, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Sharif is one of the people that I know in this game that is the most solid and true and, and uh, stands still like, you know, like a... a a light in the in a, a foggy night, right? He is he stays the same. I've known him now since 2014, 15, so many years. And unlike Raymond, Sharif actually remains the same, humble and strong in the work. And you can count on it. And this is the funny thing. This is the funny thing about Sharif. It's amazing because I think a lot about Christianity as a Christian and what we're showing the world. And what we should always be showing the world is patience and love and being loving. And what we want as a wrap on our religion is we want people to say, boy, those Christians, they sure do know how to love. They're solid. They just, no matter what you're going through, they're right there with you, blah, 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 whatever. It's amazing to me that Sharif is like one of the most Christian people that I know <laughs> when it comes to the Christian marketing of He's non-judgmental. He's in your corner. He is there for you. He is peaceful and about peace at all times. He is solid in these things. And that is exactly what Christians want their marketing to be. It's amazing that the most Christian person that I know is not a Christian, right? Well, I, uh, that story, I told that story before when in Africa, in Abyssinia, um, you know, um, you know, who this king, Christian king, African, who saved many Muslims who were being persecuted. You know, he drew a line in the sand and said, the difference between our faith is as thin as this line. Mm. You know, so I'll send you the story one day. But yeah. And this is the other thing. Sharif says stuff like that. And then he really does send it to you right after. <laughs> like you get it in, in an email, like right, right after. You're like, well, damn. See, again, very Christian. Mama Toya, last words from you, because we got oh, yeah, uh, to move on the for the classroom. night. I mean, I went to a school. That was the other thing. Mm. Yep. So, mm. I mean, that's been eye awakening. And I have a group of six kids that, you know, do Harambe with, I do yeah. Harambe with them every morning, you know, 
before they go into algebra. So that's pretty that's cool. Why I can't do nice. freedom school stuff. They nice. just make nice. you be happy in the morning. Make you come in there <laughs> early in the morning. Bring early that in the morning, energy. be happy about yep. it. Yep. So, Mama Toya, thank you so much. You have so been a uh, also everything I just said about Sharif. You've been a shining light. You have you've always been there for us. You have been consistent with us. You have been nothing but positive and supportive. And you take on work for us, lock and tackle for us in ways that just is it's amazing. It's just it's crazy like uh, how much energy you have to actually be supporting brothers who want to do something positive, who want to be doing something in the world, right? And we love that type of support because, listen, there's a lot of conversations out in the world where brothers are not always mm -hmm. lifted up and supported in the narratives that we trade on social media and that, we, you know, whatever. So to have real life people like you just taking it. If everybody was listening, when Montoya, Montoya talked about the Literary Society, what she was talking about is every week there is a group that was spearheaded by Mama Toy and others, small group of, of uh, listeners to this show that went off and did their own thing. They started meeting, they formed a way to have a consistent schedule and a communal learning opportunity. They learned, they read books together, they uh, digest those books together, and then they started doing all kinds of other stuff. This is the way that women are when they start doing And they things, share. Right? Yeah. Like the, well, it is then, like, oh, teach, we, started, teach. we started as a book club, <laughs> and then we started having organizations and committees, and they so they do a lot more. In the new year, you will hear more about that. Mama Toya, thank you so much. Whatever you celebrate, have a good one. Good to see you. Good to Always. see you. Thank you so much. All right. So we got another guest, Patreon, Steve Evangelista. I'm going to say this name wrong, but we're going to bring you in now, sir. Let's see where you at. Are you around? Eve, what you doing, bro? You got that Boost Mobile? You on that Boost Mobile? Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. There he is. Let's see. There he is. All right. What kind of internet? You must be in Philly. Steven, how you doing, us. man? Can you hear us? I have some bad internet connections here, so I'm not sure uh -oh. if you can hear me. Yeah, we yeah, can hear you. Now. You're frozen, but we can hear you. Well, he is definitely in Philly. That is some <laughs> Philly internet right there. If I've ever seen it. That goes back to the days of Rocky, before Philly. Anyways, Ray, let's come back to you while Stephen gets his life worked out there. Let's come back to you on some of the things that you're celebrating this year. Influenced your work and that you want to give some props to. Yeah, bro. So first up for me is Charter School CMO of the Year, right? So for me, Charter School CMO of the Year is going to be Bronx Charter School of Excellence. And the reason why I picked Bronx Charter School of Excellence over success is because it's Black run, right? And we all know how in philanthropy, you know, Black folks don't necessarily get their just due. But uh, Dr. Charlene Reed is doing a phenomenal job knocking things out of the park. She has a blue ribbon school in the Bronx, the first one to do it. Also has a blue ribbon school in Stanford, Connecticut as well. And so, you know, I go in some schools in the Bronx and I'm just like, it's not that these kids can't do it. It's that these leaders aren't taking heed and doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. So mm -hmm. shout out to Bronx Excellent Charter School and uh, Bronx Charter School of Excellence in the Bronx. That's amazing. Let's give it up for our charter school. Now we got Steven again. Are you back? I got it. I'm here. You got All me. right, so we're in here. Yep. Yeah, we can hear you better. I see a Christmas tree. So, are we celebrating? Is it your tradition, Christmas? My parents are Italian immigrants, and my wife has Irish roots. So, we have Christmas all the way through. You're doing Christmas, Christmas on top of Christmases. You got the Vatican <laughs> and the Irish boy. You're doing Catholic, Vatican, all kinds of other stuff going on there. It's really just Santa Claus. Uh, so, 
Uh, okay. All right. So how are you doing, man? Welcome to the show. And uh, what are you celebrating? Good to Thank see you. you. I'm celebrating you all because and, and the Eight Black Hands Freedom Reach Literary Society because uh, Ray knows it's been a very hard year. And Mama Toya knows it's been a very challenging year for me professionally and personally. And some of the folks I just mentioned have kept me going and got me through it. So just that moral support and Mama Toya with her advice and just being there and keep me sane. So I appreciate you. Yeah, All the guy. words from the eight black hands over the year have just been, you know, keeping me going. So all the well, learning. we appreciate you, you as a Patreon, but more than that, as you know, we want there to be as many warriors in this game as possible for education. I don't want to like get into exactly what you've been working through, but I will say this much. I've been through some things. <laughs> We've all been through some things as a matter of fact. So we could probably, do you want to tell people your location? Cause I just, you know, where are you in the world? I'm in New York city okay. transition out of my school that I founded uh, 18 years ago with my wife on, you know, not sure what the next thing is yet, but you know, challenging transition. It's hard to say goodbye. Still part of the community, but you know, lots, yeah. lots of things going on. So, uh, well, if I'm ever in, in New York, we will compare notes. We will have, and you know, listen, Ray is close by there. He claims New York, but he's not. He's like on some island somewhere. And, you know, his spirit and legacy live here. So Yes. And Sharif's not far. So, you know, we could compare notes. But you got some fans in there. Listen, Tanae is like, Steve. Sherry Lucas Hall is, hey, hey, Steve. And everybody got exclamation. He's part, of the, he's part of the community, man. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say about Steve, man. Yeah. Steve is resilient as hell. And whatever he decides to do next, He's going to knock it out of the park. See what's next. It's going to be crazy. Do you have any inkling of what that's going to be? Or do you too early to share? A lot of ideas. A lot okay. of ideas. Yeah. You know, but nothing, nothing that I want to commit to just right now. I'm going to yeah. take this holiday season and, you know, come back strong. Yeah. yeah. What's What are you most looking forward to right now for this month, this holiday season? Oh, there's a lot of heartache right now. And uh, people are close to me. So just really getting through that. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of loss has been going around. So yeah. I'm looking to, you know, fresh starts next year. God bless, We appreciate man. you. Yeah, God bless you, man. Uh, and we appreciate you. Have an excellent rest of the year. I know that it's hard when you're not getting the type of peace of mind and the rest that you want. This, for me, is a, a similar type of season where I feel like I should be feeling the season more than I'm feeling it right now. I feel like, I, you know, I should be getting more out of it. And it's like wringing something out of it. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to watch a whole bunch of Hallmark movies for like three, four days straight. And hopefully that just like, you know, gets something. That might just make me mad too, because they're all the same. Anyways, appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for being a patron. Good to see you, Steve. Thanks yeah, a lot, man. See you. Man, you know what? The story all around us oftentimes to do this work is to constantly have a target on your back. We each have stories individually that we've shared with each other. We have each been through some things. It's almost a cliche that if you're doing a good job, I've said this before, the devil is not concerned with you until you're doing God's work. So the way to know that you're getting closer and closer to God's work is when the attacks come and when you start getting attacked. And that's a very Christian way of looking at the world, but it's really true. As long as you're not doing anything good for God or doing anything good in the world with God's touch on it, the devil has no concern for you. The devil wants you to drift, wants you to not be off track. And as long as you're off track, you're doing the devil's work and you're happy about it, right? So it's tough to hear when you're going through some things. I had some rough stuff come up this year. And I just had to deal with it or whatnot. But you do feel alienated, alone, isolated, like nobody gets what you're going through. And the truth is, a lot of people get what you're going through. Yeah. We've been through some things. Bro, what are you celebrating? 
What am I celebrating? Yeah, we went to Reef. You came to me. So, well, listen, I had this list of different things that I wanted to celebrate in terms like little small categories. One of them is like my favorite educators, you know, and I tried to think about not like, so listen, when I say stuff like that, first thing that's going to come to mind is like Kai Henderson and people who have built big things, built like reconstruction.us, which I think is this amazing platform. It's like the, the way to transmit many years of black education through a, a modern platform for my kids, your kids, everybody, right? right? So of course, those are the people that are going to get some shine. But there's a lot of people who aren't going to get the shine who should. One of them is ISIS span. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I love some <laughs> ISIS span. <laughs> oh. ISIS span has taken on her platform created by herself to make math fun for kids and to create rhythm and texture to the way that you learn math and a, a cultural way of understanding it. And she is just like indefatigable. I think that's the word, right? She is like, if you find her on, you can find her on Facebook, you can find her on Twitter. Isis Span is her name. The name of her, let me see, you can find her at isisspan.com. So that's just isisspan with two ends.com. And she's just so much fun. If you go and look at her Instagram, some of the things that she does with math and she gets, you know, kids moving and stuff, and it's very much for us and by us. You just got to love it. And you got to say, this is, you know, eventually you say, this is one of my favorite educators because this is a person that doesn't have all the resources in the world that everybody else has who wants to be an influencer and all that stuff. Yep. And she's doing it. She's making it happen. She's not the only one. I'm going to name two other ones. Sherry Lucas Hall is another Let's go, one. Sherry. Sherry's go. another one who's pushing an issue that is so germane and important. And I use this word germane. I'm going to have to find a, 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 another word that means the same thing or better. But Sherry Lucas Hall actually was an educator who left the old way of being an educator and teaching and whatnot, got on some new science around reading and actually, again, yeoman's work, pushing it like as a, just like I had done years ago and other people do, you get your issue and you get in your lane and then you just keep moving and pushing. It doesn't matter if you have $10 or a million dollars, you just do it, right? Mm -hmm. And she's pushing the science of reading and there's not enough of us like Kwame in Oakland, who's also pushing uh, science of reading. There's not enough of us in that lane. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of other people dominating. So she's another one of my favorite. I'll mention one more. I'm just going to give one more favorite educator and then we'll jump out of this, this category. Because, you know, listen, there are some people on these platforms that don't get all the shine in the world. And I want to take this moment to do this for them. Another person is, is Shante Barnes. In, Librarian in, in, yes, extraordinaire. In, yeah. in Indianapolis. Shante is one of the most kind of strong-minded, strong-willed educators who's about her business, who writes consistently, who stays online consistently, gets the message out there. She has a very clear voice and she is raising two amazing twin boys in a black household that is a librarian and a dad. Shout out to him. They are as a partnership raising two of the brightest twins that you have ever met. These young brothers that they are raising. They came and saw us do a live show no. and wrote a review. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> wrote a review of our show, right? So that's what I'm it. celebrating people it. like that because people like that help me get away from all my frustrations about the incredible, phony, plastic, self-aggrandizing influencer types that are performative and are in this game that we're talking about right here, not really to move anything in terms of policy or change anything, but to look like they're doing it, right? And they, they're well-dressed and they got all the right kind of words and all the kind of, 
plastic and they're phony and they're broken inside and Jesus doesn't love them. So listen, so, so oh, I'm sorry, so, that last part, yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I, it's about, that's, that's bro, I don't even know why I did that. That's messed up. Yeah. Right? I, I always do that. We're going to get somebody to give him a hug. That get on here and like they talk like they're all knowing and then you go, you do a quick Google search and find out what the results are in their classrooms and the grades that they teach. Man. You be like, damn, really? <laughs> you got 18,000 followers following you to do what? Like, man, what? crazy. Well, those are uh, my in my category of favorite educators. Those are my celebration of folks. Let's push forward. And listen, folks, if you're listening to this right now, please share yours. Put them in the comments so that we can see them, maybe read them and know who you are celebrating in this game, because we are still trying to get eight million black kids in education. That is really the whole point. So go I'm ahead, Ray. I'm going to go next. So we talked about CMOs, right? So I gave my shout out for, for the CMO. Also, you know, in the charter world, there's single site charter schools, right? So for folks that don't know what single site charter schools are, those are standalone charter schools commonly referred to as mom and pop charter school, right? And so my single site charter school leader of the year and school of the year is going to go to Forte Prep and their school leader is Graham Brown. Uh, Forte Prep is a school in Queens. I would say high performing. I know some people throw that high performing around loosely. I don't, right? So when I say high performing, that means that uh, that school is at least beating the state average in terms of kids being able to read. I think the state average in New York for ELA is like 42% and 47% for math. His schools are hovering around uh, 60% proficient in both math and ELA. They just got approved by SUNY's board to go up to high school. So, hey, this, this bro and he's a brother. And he's Pahara in my cohort. And so uh, he, he's out in these streets and he's doing his thing. I'm super proud of Graham. And I'm super proud of single-site charter school leaders of color that are out getting it without any McKinsey money, without any philanthropy dollars that is just out here making it work. I love that. And I just want to say, I love the part where you said without any McKinsey money, but I just want the whole world to know. McKinsey, I'm not opposed to no, not at all. you. Like, McKinsey, where... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been putting it out there. Like, McKinsey would holler at your boy. At your boy, as much money as I, I put into Amazon over the last decade, help a brother out. Goddamn. Anyways, Merry Christmas to me. Come on, McKinsey. Anyways, I love Ray that you keep it on something that I have not been as focused on, but need to. I have always cared about our schools and the numbers and the outcomes. And in the last year, I have had to refocus myself on a few other things that have become equally important. But for the last decade, it has been about numbers and schools and outcomes. And in the last two or three years, because of the pandemic probably, mm -hmm. but the focus on achievement has been, has been belittled. Yeah. It has been dropping. So for you to highlight that is a big deal and I appreciate it. There are some schools I've lost track of even how they are doing. After the, you know, if you were to ask me, I know their pre-pandemic outcomes. I don't know their posts. And you were keeping the, the torch on that when New York wasn't uh, releasing their things, you know, this year, Raymond was like, don't tell me nothing until you release the numbers. Hey, <laughs> they were keeping this positive, but they got a couple of folks that are on this internet that are beating their chest and they push you don't really look the way it's supposed to look in order mm. for you to be beating your chest. Now, we're not going to be messy, but I do want to say, I want to say, I agree with you, and I wish we could be messy, because <laughs> to be very honest with you, sometimes it's people that you know well enough that should be doing better mm. 
that have a platform where they talk smack every day, all day about the traditional system and the unions and Randy Weingarten. And, you know, you can't be all up on here <laughs> screaming about like, you know, not when Raymond's going to pull your numbers. No, I'm gonna do it. Ray, let's pull your numbers. You sound like you sound. You, it sounds like the death row thing with Puffy. Now we're getting too close to the heart of things, so let's just move <laughs> on. Uh, Sharif, I would say that for you, a major event this year was this major event that you do in Philly. But what would you say is that was at the high point of your year? When I say this, people listening, I'm sorry, I need to be more specific. We have talked about this on previous shows, but the BMEC conference was big this year. It was a lot of black males who educate kids in one place in Philly this year. And it was bigger than I remember it being in terms of numbers. It was just like this big production. Is that the high point of year or there were, were there others? Yeah, there were others. I mean, that definitely is, is a part of it. I, I would say, you know, like the entire year, because that bookends a piece of it, right? Because the other part that we're about to jump back in is Freedom School Literacy Academy, FSLA. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is... That's my favorite time of the year, to be honest with you. You know, Which, what's it, the time again? Well, it, it's really year round, but the mm -hmm. summertime is like the biggest, you know, like production part of it. You know, so last summer we had over 140 black and brown teacher apprentices. So these are high school and college youth who are interested in teaching. And so they do that by teaching first, second and third graders. And man, to see them, you know, just see the leadership, you know, like see this 10th grader in high school saying like, you know what? I think I can give back to my community by lifting this next generation up, this first grader. And I'm going to help. I'm taking it on. I'm in 10th grade. I'm still like working through. I'm matriculating through high school. I'm going to college. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to reach down and support this first grader with their literacy, with their positive racial identity development, with their understanding of the impact that they can make. And just to see youth in action, man, it's, it's like as few things as, as powerful and inspiring to me. And then watching youth lead, but also making sure that they have the space and and the content to do to do that leadership. So BMAC, absolutely. Just being, you know, back in community, first one since 2019, being together. You know, and I, I told my team, I was like, sometimes it was really hard because I, you know, planning. But once we got there, it was like, man, this is amazing. And one of the reasons why it was so hard, because it was the first one that my mother had not been to. So the last one she attended was 2019. Mm -hmm. That was the last mm -hmm. one. You know, we had that she was around to attend. And so I was just like, man, this is going to be a really tough one. But being in, in community with you all and so many others, man, it was like, all right, I'm going to be OK. Like, I'm, I'm actually literally emotionally, spiritually going to be OK. And so that was one of those get up. Your, your homies got you. Your squad got you. Your community got you, man. It was uh, it was really powerful, you know. Um, no. So, yeah. Having met your mother and your father, it is so abundantly clear how you turned out the way that you turned out. And your mom was so supportive of the work that we do and of us that it was like, just again, <laughs> it's the craziest thing. You and your parents are the most Christian people I know. <laughs> like, you know it was funny on my timeline and I hope I screenshot yeah. it because, you know, out in Facebook, you can't go back, you know, the previous days, but it'll pop up. And I was, I know I was multitasking, but it was something she had posted. She was like, tell Chris to keep on preaching because she was listening mm -hmm. to something mm -hmm. and she posted that. And, and, you know, and I, and I, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and I meant to screenshot it and send it to you the other day. And I'm like, 
I hope I at least screenshotted it. She was there. She was a huge fan. Us, huge yeah. fan, man. Like, you know, same with my He's like, hey, you know what? I heard last week. And now this. Was, and hey, what did y'all think about this and that? You know, like mm-hmm. they, I think they, especially like how they grew up and, you know, like what they made so many sacrifices for. What they want to see is like, you know, people that are in their own way, in this context, in this time, continuing to push things forward on behalf of, of children and communities. And I think that's what they see in y'all. I know that's what they see in y'all. And, you know, that's what uh, just gave them immense pride, man. What I see in them and what I see in us and what I see in the, the folks that we have the blessing to interact with because of this platform and this show, what I see in the literary society and the work, it's selfless work. It's being done out of grace. People are doing it not because there's a contract or that because there's a grant or because there's something to be won or gained other than a better future for our people and for our kids. When you get down to that pure level, of activism like Mm -hmm. activism is that smile on your dad's face when he talks to you and he's breaking down something really confidently Mm -hmm. uh whatever and he doesn't have to in that moment there's no grant involved there's no thing to be gained he's not looking over his shoulder waiting for a picture to be taken you know i've had brothers (laughs) literally this is see i'm gonna blast y'all folks on this stuff i've had brothers i know literally will notice that the photographer at an event is circling around us and they will change their stance in the way that they're talking to me right like mid-sentence. And you can mm. see it in their face. And you're like, oh, hell, brother, I ain't here for the picture. Like, oh, you just go do your thing, man. Do your thing. Mm. There's so much of that behavior in this world that we are in yeah. right now yeah. that it makes the realistic interactions like with folks at, at uh, BMEC and other, other places so much more important anyways. I mean, that's one of the most important so, qualities that we should ascribe to is being genuine. Right. Mm-hmm. Like being genuine like that. I think that's one of the most important human qualities. And, you know, what you described is the exact opposite of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and so how yeah. much of this work would you do if you weren't getting paid? Now, when I ask a question like this, people can instantly like get in my grill. Well, Chris, you seem to get paid for what you're doing. I do. I do. But here's the funny thing is I've been at this for two decades. I've been doing this work that we're doing right now for a few years. I've been doing this like for a couple of decades. I've been doing this since days of getting the lights turned off and I was still doing it. I've been blogging since 99 about education. Didn't even know that there was anything like a future where where there was going to be like, yeah, there was anything. I did this for years in obscurity just because I was mad enough. Just like, ah, you know, like sitting there. there, That Kermit defrauded me, just going nuts. You know what I mean? (laughs) And when I say that I was the OB or the, you know, the original blogger, I am like, listen. I was, OB. Yo. I was blogging in 99, bro, on front page, Microsoft front page. So what would you do if you wasn't getting paid? Would you do this work? Anyways, what else y'all got on your list to celebrate for tonight? Well, you know, I want to celebrate my former students. And that spans like some years. You know, this yesterday, Dr. Donnell Waters, who, who actually presented at BMAC, was one of my eighth grade uh, students. He's accepted to Pahara, man. He's like in... The Pahara Stop it. Network. Yeah. Dr. Donnell Waters, man. And he's uh, you know, he's obviously from West Philly. He, he he's down in Texas. And so I, I'm looking at the list and I'm like, oh my God. Like Donnell Waters. That's gotta be that a first, bro. That has to be a first. That has to be yo, man. I just that has to be the first person. You have to be the first person in Pahara whose student 
got is in yeah. a cohort. I got to check it out. I'm gonna do the research. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of people, so I'm sure there. I'm sure other folks have had similar stories, man. But just a not black people, bro. Uh, maybe, maybe. Think about it. Yeah, but I, I just felt so good, and it, you know, it just put me on this journey of like when he was a you know eighth grader. I also had the you know the honor and pleasure of teaching his sister as, as well later, wow. and and just seeing just seeing the the community. And then I'm I'm on online the other day. I just taken a pause from trolling Ray, and I get a I get a, <laughs> a message from a student who's at East Stroudsburg, like a university, like Elmecki. Yeah, I want to be a teacher. You know what? Because this social justice thing, I think I could live it through teaching. And I'm just like, yo, this mm. is cool to be at too. So here I have like Donnell Waters, who's got his PhD, who's now you know on his way. Y'all met Nosakir out in Pittsburgh, who started this library, right? You know, he was also at BMEC selling, you know, selling the books. And then you have, you know, a, he's a PhD too, right? Yes, sir. Doctor, yeah, Doctor. They were in the same class, weren't they? Oh, uh, were they in the same? They weren't in the same class. I'm trying to. If they weren't in the same year, they were close. They Bro, were close. The, I think they were in the same year, though. Likelihood of that occurring, right? Mm. And that being that becoming a part of your legacy, a part a part of the tree of. of I mean, government. come on. Bro, Listen, I don't, and you know I don't like giving you props at all. <laughs> uh, raise a Why hater. Why is it so painful? Because <laughs> we hate no, it. And listen, this is a neighborhood school that's <laughs> that's written off by people, right? Like, And it just shows, like, our, our kids could just give them some daggone support. Fight for them. Fight for them. You know, and teach them well, right? Like, let them literally you know, reach their aspirations, man. But yeah, yeah, those are two, uh, you know, a couple of the PhDs who, who came out, right? Like, and so, you know, to, to have, you know, just to see them and then to have Courtney sending this message like, hey, I want to be a teacher. You got another kid who's graduating in May said, hey, I think I want to lead a classroom. I think, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out. I'm just like, yo, like this help is on the way, like for real. Yeah. Not as much help as we need, but it's, it's definitely on the way. Listen, listen, their their part of their job is to make sure that it multiplies, right? Like that's their job. So my next uh gift giving for the yes. year, right? Yes, it's do it. Philanthropic giving of the year, right? And so I'm going with Robert Simmons and Micron Cares Foundation. And the reason why I'm doing that is because anybody in, yeah. in, in philanthropy that gives back and tries to make sure that they put on the forefront folks that are working in STEM. Folks that are actually doing the work, Dr. Robert Simmons. And so shout out to him. Shout out to the Micron Foundation for uh, their philanthropic giving. I think they did a lot for, for BMAC. They were oh, one of the BMAC. Yes, sir. Yes, largest sir. sponsors for BMAC this year. Hopefully we can reciprocate that. And hopefully they can uh, help fund the Eight Black Hands Conference that's happening in 2023 as well. I just want to say open call. It's an altar call to any funder that wants to fund the Eight Black Hands. Our Patreons right now are our lifeblood. This uh, work that we do for the Eight Black Hands, I don't think people know this, but this isn't grant-funded work. This isn't, nobody's paying for this. There's stuff that we do. People don't understand why it's so DIY with the Eight Black Hands. It's DIY because we are self-funded besides our patrons. Our patrons are really making a lot of what we do happen, like in terms of just the, the setting up of the show, the producing, things that we do to get the show out to you, even cost money. And, you know... I'm just gonna say again, Mackenzie, <laughs> call a brother. You know, just like just just gonna put it out there. You know, we are still out here. Listen, for any of my work, 
Like, I just want to be real. People all around me getting the McKenzie money all around me. I just like, hey, you know, my Uber drivers like, you know what? I just got this morning, McKenzie money, you know, and I'm like, organizations that you founded, organizations that you've been on the board for, bro, it's gotta be coming it. to you. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, like, damn, I'm just like, why, why I'm so close but so far? It's so close, but so far. I just don't understand. What is it? Do I smell bad? Like, damn, I got to change the deodorant. I don't know what's happening here. Anyways, deodorant. Uh, listen, my friends and family who are listening and watching and paying attention to this, I want to put this up here. Dr. Kamika Royal was one of our guests recently. She has a book not paid for us. What we like to do is give books away especially when we have people that are dedicated to creating black letters for black people, we like to make sure that we buy some copies and we whatever. So we have five copies of this book and maybe we do more at some point that we want to give away. Right now we have uh, one entrant for this. The way that you can get to be an entrance for this, we talked about it earlier today, to, to be an entrant in the contest for one of the books is to give us a phone call and leave on our phone a message for a show idea. It's a very light way to enter yourself to be one of the people that win such an interesting piece of literature and research for us or whatnot. Again, what was the phone number? The phone number has a lot of eights in it because we're the eight black hands. It's 931-488-8898. I'm going to say it again. 931-488-8898. That should be, remember, see, now y'all don't need to call right now. Dude. I mean, but but anyways, hey, do your thing. If you want to call during the show, you know, because because people look at look, look, phone ringing off the hook. Got to Kamika Raw. Give me that book, man. Listen, that, that was what, that's one of my shout outs for like uh, the book. To have two books I wanted to shout out. Not paid we'll talk for about us. It. Yeah, Dr. Kamika Roy's yeah. book, Not Paid for Us. While it tells this story of Philadelphia and how, you know, black teachers, black educators, you know, not just black teachers, you know, when when you think of Marcus Foster having to leave, this was a, a man who was in the school district mm -hmm. leading and being blocked every which way from getting leadership and being being the superintendent. So he ends up leaving, coming all the way to, you know, California. And there are countless others who experienced that. But the real, one of the reasons why I love it, not just because it's, you know, it's so deep in Philly history, but because it parallels so many other stories around the country, so many aspects, landmarks, benchmarks and warnings, as well as blueprints of like how how educators were coming together. So that that's one. So shout out to Dr. Royal, who, you know, turned to dissertation. Yeah. And you talk about this a lot. Like so many people's dissertation is. It's, you know, stays on a, in a floppy disk or it stays in a rusty file cabinet, doesn't add to it. You know, and, and when you often talk about it, I would often think about Kamika Royal, who was saying like, hey, you know, I had my dissertation. I'm working. Right. Like she mm. kept building on it, building on it, building on it and said, hey, you know what? This is ready to be published. And so, you know, just appreciate like taking her research and using it as a lever to edify and, and amplify, you know, like much of the history that has yeah. consequences, uh, real consequences that we see today. Um, well, I want to say two things that. about mm -hmm. that, two things. So one, I'd like to celebrate her too, because she is a uh, fine example of grace. And I'll tell you why in this one mm. situation. So when Dr. Kamika Royal first became Dr. Kamika Royal, when she first got her PhD years ago, I was one of the first people that got into a Twitter snafu with her. We had words. We exchanged words on the mm -hmm. Twitters. Yeah, on the Twitters, in the Twitterverse. And she had come out, she had done a TED Talk that was, it, it was kind of like about white saviorism. 
And uh, I've been such a TFA supporter for years. Many of my friends are TFA people, and I was then. And she was former TFA at the time and, and had left her job. And she did this TED talk and was very kind of not positive about TFA. So we went back and forth on Twitter and it was not friendly. It was uh, and mostly on my part because that's me on Twitter. See, you're <laughs> the most Christian person I know. I didn't say I was the most Christian person. <laughs> I'm the most I'm the most cautionary tale for why Christianity is important because there are souls like mine that need to be saved. So anyways, uh, when I saw her at your event this year, you know, I had completely forgotten that there's so much time has passed and whatnot. I hadn't forgotten that we had had words, but I said to her, you know, are you going to unblock me on Twitter now? Because I have been blocked by her on Twitter mm -hmm. for years. And she was like, you said some really mean things about me back then or whatnot. But yes, I will unblock you and blah, blah, blah. And we took a picture together and we talked and we had a, a fabulous conversation and it was not personal and it was nothing. On her end, it was just all grace. 100%. I looked at her and I was like, this is how graceful black women can be. It yeah. just like there was just something about just whatever. And it was just it was just the thing. It was because they can be that's fierce that's and that's graceful at the same time. Right. Same like thing. that's a beautiful like and loving awesome. and whatever. I'm so glad that yeah. you're yeah. that story because you weren't you weren't here in, in the in, on the week that she was here. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was gone. I'm so glad that you shared that story, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was mad that I couldn't make it on when she came on the show. But in getting her on to come on to the show or whatnot. It was complete. And she unblocked me. And, you know, now we're on, on Twitter. I've had this experience this year with more than one person. You know, I've had to change the heart on some of my politics and things. And this has come up again. Let me give a shout out to Jamoke Hinton, too, on this particular. It follows suit with this. And I want to celebrate her because she deserves all the celebration in the world. Jamoke, Jamoke Hinton is in our literary society as a stock member. She's also a, a weekly member of this family and is here with us all the time she is the most kind of like like she is down for her people and specifically her brothers and i'm just i'm not gonna name names but i'm just gonna tell a similar story with jamoki i brought a group of people together in a city and we all were sitting together and we brought in several black principals from the city that we were in because they had formed a black male educator group and they were educating kids together and they came in and did a panel and after the panel some of the sisters in the room said something like to the effect of, oh, they couldn't have brought no females with them or they couldn't bring any women with them or blah, 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 whatever. And the whole point is that they were black male educators who were forming a fellowship with each other to support each other. And Jamoke was the only one in the room who was like, I love my brothers. I'm glad that they came and that they're here and I support them, whatever. That was so Oakland. In that moment, that was so <laughs> Oakland because some of the other people in that room were on some other city stuff that were not Oakland. But in that moment, I said to myself, this is what I miss. One is what I miss about my Oakland people, for one. But it's also something that I just miss in general, those people who got you. They just got you no matter what, because they feel no like it's what. part of their cultural ethic to have you and have your back. And those type of sisters are indispensable in this work because you're going to fall at some point. You're going to fall at some point and be, to know you got people like that who are just like, they just got you. I'm family. I'm with you, period. It's going to um, help steal your spine and bruh. focus your gaze, right? Like that's, bruh. it's that kind of, it's those kind of people, man. You just, you can't do this work without them. That's when that other world from, is like, coming at you. Oh, I mean, the quivers oh. are full. You're going to feel those, those piercings and you got people who are just like, 
we're here. We got you. We got you. I've given out three awards, man. I got two more awards to give out. All right, do them. Let's do this, right. and we're going to wrap up for the night. First of all, fam, people listening and watching, we love y'all. We're going to wrap on the, the rest of our celebrations here. If you have any, put them in the, in the comments, and, and I will read them out. But then we're going to wrap for the year, and we're going to tell you how much we love you and you know uh, appreciate you. And then we're going to be out. So, Raymond, what, what do you got, man? Yeah, so top uh, parent for an advocacy group. I'm going to go with Memphis Lift. It was hard, but I'm going with Memphis Lift. And the reason being is because CEO of, I don't even think she calls herself the CEO. She calls herself the executive director only because she's humble as hell in terms of how she approaches this work. She's lost so much. She's lost her mother, her brother, grandkid. Listen, this woman is just amazing. And uh, Sarah Carpenter deserves all the flowers in Mama the world. Sarah. That she does. For how she shows up, she is one hundred percent authentically herself. Every she moment, sure is. she will tell you, "You a hey, this is who I am." Talk right? about being genuine. Talk about being genuine. Yeah, she's not putting on no show for nobody. She shows up as who she is. And listen, I love that woman, man. I know we all love her in our own individual ways and collectively as as the hands. We do. Who would you say was in the running? Or do you want to say who was? No, I, I, I would show. say MPU okay, yeah. is in the run. MPU is yeah. definitely in the running, man. They're doing some, yeah. they're doing some dope shit. And I wish, my wishing, right, wishing out loud, is that I wish they could collaborate and do even more things on a greater, larger scale in terms of parent impact. Right? It's hard, bro. This grant-funded world will get you. Yeah. This grant-funded work makes folks not want to work together. I will uh, also give Carrie her due because Carrie and I, uh, we we didn't have a great year this year in terms of our own uh, connection with each other. And recently, just like I do sometimes, uh, especially during times of Jubilee, during times of seasons, passing, whatever, I call people and reach out and say, listen, we have not had the best of times right now. We need to talk. And we did. And we came out the other end. We did an interview together, and things are good. And it was fire. So, yeah, well, I appreciate that. Everything I do is fire, bro. Like, I'm, oh my god, yeah, like, I'm amazing. Hey, hey but listen, she got she got some folks besides her being dope. She got some folks that's working with her that's dope as hell too. Like yeah. uh, Miss Marissa Gertie, she In puts the family on. Philly stand up. Yo, yeah, she puts it on, man. Really sit down, but she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she represents for, for the Latino diaspora, man. She puts it on, so. Yeah. Shout out Maritza. I would put in the in the running for that Keisha right in yeah. Oakland, Oakland in the Oakland reach. She moves different than everybody else in this game, and I think part of the thing that part of that that justified that point that she moves differently is she thinks about concrete, not just activism of yelling and screaming and putting T-shirts on people and that type of stuff, but she thinks in terms of actual living programs that the community needs, a lot like the Black Panthers did. They thought, if we're not feeding people, what are we doing? If we're not housing people, what are we doing? If we're not educating, like creating centers and you know food programs, survival programs. So what she created during the pandemic was the Black Panther equivalent of educational survival programs. Things like, you know, we're not just going to be out here talking, but we're going to be doing stuff for family. So I'll put her in the running, too. All right. So, Sharif, anybody you want to wrap with is, uh, or anything you want to celebrate from this year as we wrap out the year? Well, yeah, I mean, I would just add, uh, I had a whole lot more celebration, but what I know we're- No, no, time. go ahead. Do some. Yeah. Do some. Well, well, two of the things I would yeah. say is, one, because we won't see each other and won't be part of the community is, one- Habargani, happy emoji night, you know, for the launch and start of, of Kwanzaa and a watch night, you know, watch night where folks were literally praying for, you know, for freedom, 
you know, and not only were at, did they fight, you know, they also prayed, right, you know, for freedom. So watch night is a absolutely important part of our history and what that, uh, you know, what people were waiting for and what they were expecting. But, you know, watch night is rooted in, in African-American religious tradition as well. So, you know, just wanted to, to shout that out because, as you know, even gathering back then was illegal. Mm -hmm. And yet they continued, you know, to do that. And, and, and their faith when the sky was the absolute darkest uh, is absolutely incredible and, and gives us much uh, to learn from. Wanted to shout out both of those, both Emoja Night as well as Watch Night. What does Umoja mean? Unity. Mm -hmm. Unity, the unification of our people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this because I'm going to test. Like, what I'm, what I'm about to say could start a whole different show, especially oh. with Raymond. But I'm going to say it anyways, <laughs> right? What you got? What you got? So when you talk about Umoja and unity, and then we talk about Dr. Umar and Coach Prime. Oh, Jesus. And Dr. Umar basically saying, Coach Prime leaving the HBCUs after he made such a big deal about it, whatever, is a big deal. Now, we're arguing about this in culture and social media, and, and you know, it's a cultural conversation right now. But I don't want to be a part of any of that. The only thing that I really did think about it is all these concepts like Umoja and others require us to circulate our dollar in our own community more than once. It requires us to build school and to build enterprises. And if the people who have the most social capital actually are flying through and then giving the example of, yeah, but you know, the real world is to go back to the other thing. Umoja and things like that seem like once a, once a year, nice things to say, but how do we actually practice them through the year? I support black schools and black school leaders and black and what I have been calling black educational capital. We have to own the means of education. We have to own our means of education. We are doing the damn thing that Malcolm X told us not to do. We are turning our kids over to enemies of our kids oftentimes, not always. It's not 100% this way, but I'm just saying it's not going to hurt us to have more black schools and it's not going to hurt us to stop HBCUs from closing. The number of HBCUs that are on the about to close list or might close list or whatnot, they need a cultural revolution of some sort. They need all the black folks to be coming back and being like, make a thing out of it. Like, you know, we are back here again or whatnot. So anyway, I'm going to do the coach prime thing, but hey, I'm, I'm giving out more flowers. <laughs> My most influential. Do it. Most influential ABH supporter is uh that award goes to Principal Cafele, and I'm not just saying that. Principal I was tuning Cafele. in. I was I was tuning in to his YouTube show uh last week Saturday, and as soon as I jumped in the comments, like the amount of like uplift that he gave in terms of like what we do, the work that we do, and just him shouting us out. And and every every Sunday he's here on the treadmill if he's if he's doing his million mile thing, <laughs> he's doing his uh diamond medallion thing hey he's still tuning in to the hands uh sharing us on his facebook with his audience and i would love to have that brother love to have that brother on our 200 episode i mean i'm just gonna say for the record i don't trust nobody who's my age or older and in good shape <laughs> yo he <laughs> you don't know a story then he's yeah listen for a reason. <laughs> yeah I'm just yeah like, no, I, I mean, I'll say this about it also Howard reminds Fuller, us you know? yeah <laughs> what you say you say that about fuller too i yeah. say about fuller and you know what when i was at uh at your thing in philly and saw david hardy me and david hardy go back on twitter all the time i, I don't see him in person all the time he's in good shape <laughs> and he older than i am how old is david hardy i don't he's know like he 70 that he's old though. yeah he's probably around there <laughs> 
Yeah, he's like 70 or something. In good shape. Thin as hell and in good shape. Got good skin. I, I don't trust people like that. There's something that... <laughs> hey, like, yo, like, no. ask for about the skin regimen? Like, what's happening here? So, I don't want to ask. There's something wrong. <laughs> Jesus, don't do that. Time passes and things oh, happen. And, a, you know... So, so Jesus, this is what I was going to say about your Coach Prime. Omar. 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 Yeah, yeah. So what I was going to say about that is Dion, when he first came to uh to Jackson State, he was like, you know, it was it was a message from God. God, God sent him here, right? Mm. And then also, you know, he said, you know, God took him from, you know, uh, Jackson State and brought him to Colorado, right? And like his God could come that's, and bring. That's him the, the difference. See, this is this is the point we made earlier in the show. That's the difference between Black Jesus and White Jesus. Hey, but I will tell you what my God did. Black Jesus would tell you go to these confused. White Jesus tell you to go to Colorado. New Orleans, Louisiana, and the Superdome, and North Carolina Central. Kick their ass. That's what my God did yesterday. Well, okay. God's in all places, I guess. Yes, he is. And they ain't undefeated no more. more That's what God will do. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you, brothers. Uh, and well, most of the show is about flowers, so, so, yeah, so that's most, most of, of it. And then, <laughs> then Jesus got into an ass kicking contest or something. I don't know what, what happened <laughs> there. We took a turn for things, <laughs> anyways. To our friends and family that listen and watch and support this show every week, it is an amazing blessing. There is just nothing I can say about the fact that we created something that was near and dear to us, but it was just a conversation between us. And as time went on, people uh came and left and whatever, but some of y'all have just been supportive constantly and it's amazing it's an amazing thing this is the time of the season to lift those things up not just with us and not with me doing it for you but for you to leave here and do it with your friends and your family because we've just been through a battering couple of years here and there's some frayed relationships there's relationships i don't have anymore that i'm not going to have uh and it's unfortunate but it just is what it is sometimes there's jubilee there's realignment there's just things there's refreshing Sometimes you just need to be a little fresh because you're feeling not so fresh. So you just got to get some of the people. (laughs) You just got to get people out of your life and you just got to like freshen up. And we hope that in every iteration of the eight black hands from the past and moving forward, we get more and more to the heart of being able to build family and community that are celebrating each other in this way. Uh, Because it's a blessing to do it. Happy 22 and uh, looking forward to a better 23. We appreciate y'all. Any final words from the folks? Uh, I just want people to go out, be blessed. I want people to love on on their folks because tomorrow is not given. You have somebody in your life right now that you're not talking to. Make sure you you break the ice. Make sure you step forward and try to straighten that relationship up. Reef, I'm telling you right now, bro, I forgive you. You know what? I'm as a human being, I'm always in need of prayer and forgiveness. So thank you. You know what? See, even even you know, like we all have to like sometimes swallow and just like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but you have to Listen, do it with, my, with Ray more than anybody, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> my wife posted uh something the other day that I've been thinking about. And it basically says something like we're all on our own journey, but if we share a path, perhaps we can encourage each other. And so that's what I, I wish for folks, you know, if you're you're on we're all on different journeys. But when you intersect with people, you know, try to lift them up, try to support them. Uh, and that doesn't mean not holding them accountable. If they're we're on path together, accountability is a part of that. But that is also part of lifting up. So God bless everyone. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate this community. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really deeply appreciate 
uh, this community. And I, you know, and I can say that was, I was the naysayer. Each time they did something different, I didn't want it to happen. I'm like, no, we're just, we're fine just having the phone calls. And they wanted to do a podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh, do we have to? Then they wanted to do video. I'm like, why yeah. are we doing video? The podcast <laughs> is fine, you know, but each time, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. always adventurous about certain things. Yeah, I'll get the alligator and go look for bears and all that. Kind of, there are other things that I just, it's not my comfort zone. Um, and I appreciate you all pushing and challenging me, you know, in, in different ways, in different ways that are totally, totally different than what I feel is my expertise and experience to draw from. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for that as well. So thank you all. I like want to stop here, but I just want to say on the way out, I love the fact that we are a learning community and that I learn things like, you know, we back and forth on a lot of stuff. That's one of the best things about this relationship is trading information back and forth and riffing off of each other in ways that when I leave this tonight, I will have some things that I will pop in my head and I will go look them up and uh, and we drop little bits of, of knowledge and whatever. I want to say before I leave where that came from, there was a woman named Betty Harpole and folks who've known me long enough have heard me tell this story, but I'm going to tell it again because I'm a dad and that's what dad is. Betty Harpole was an elder who I just found out had passed away and did not know this, but she used to come to my school board meetings when I was on the school board and she would pull me aside after the school board meetings and kind of shake me and she would get really close. She was a close talker. She'd get all up in your grill, like really close to the point where it was like uncomfortable and you'd be like wanting to do a tic-tac check on yourself, like, damn. I hope I don't offend her. But she would say, y'all got to stop saying that these kids can't learn. These kids aren't learning. She said, kids are always learning. They may not be learning what you want them to be learning, but they are always learning. You can't stop kids from learning. It's part of their process. They are always learning. And I have remembered this always learning thing since then because I wasn't agreeing with her back then. I was like, our kids aren't learning. You know, they aren't learning because I was looking at bats and test scores and stuff like that. So anyways, when you see in some of my branding where I put up always learning, I initially came from that. And then it came from me making a commitment myself to always be learning. And I'm always learning from you guys. I'm learning from everybody around me. I'm like a sponge. I'm soaking it up. So anyways, let's all let's make that our commitment. Let's all be always learning. Peace out. It has been another great year. Thank you all for watching the eight black hands. Again, our phone number is 931-488-8898. Please give us a call if you want to enter into the book draw for uh, whether it's Honorama Kwamsmas, whatever your season is. We're giving away five books, Dr. Uh, Kamika Royale. So make the call. Give us a show idea when you leave a message and we will we will get back to you, let you know who wins the book. Again, 